hosts of Common Sense Investing have been helping their clients and listeners make sense of the markets for nearly three decades. Using a conservative, diversified, value-oriented approach to investing, they strive to make you a better educated, well-informed investor. And now here's your host, Eric Whiteman. Well, it seems like there's still plenty of fizz left in Pepsi. Last week, they beat consensus earning estimates by five cents. They came in about $1.56 versus $1.49 for the quarter, and they produced more revenue than the analysts were expecting, around 4 or 5% more than what they were expecting. As you can imagine, the stock reacted well, and I got to tell you, I was plenty pleased because Pepsi, symbol PEP, has been a core holding of mine for many years. And a core holding is a company that you just want to buy and hold for the long term. You're not trading these things. There's incredibly high quality businesses run by great managers. I mean, what's not to love about Pepsi? They have the drink side of the business with brands like, well, Pepsi, of course, but also Gatorade, Tropicana, and they have the snacks business like Doritos, Frito-Lay, Lay's Chips, the snacks business is the moneymaker. They pull in 25% of the revenue, but they account for half of the profits. That's the North American uh, part of the business. And you pull out a value line, the value line stock report, and it reads like the CEO wrote it themselves. They have an A++, not just an A or an A+, but an A++ for financial strength means they have a great balance sheet. They have a hundred for earnings predictability, the highest you can get, and a one for safety. Like I said, what's not to love here? Well, maybe the stock price. I mean, I love the stock price because I own it and it's up, but it seems like it might be getting a bit rich here. Let me say, I almost never talk about the sell side on the show because that's not really what this show is about. Shows about giving you ideas that you can take away and see if they make sense for you. So I'm definitely not talking about selling Pepsi. What I am doing is pointing out that it seems to me that the market has been paying up for the high quality, defensive, predictable growers. Pepsi, PEP, been changing hands. It's about 23 times next year's uh, guess of what they earn. 23 times next year's earnings. I don't know if it's gotten that high in the last 15 years. And what happens, as you know, when the stock price moves up, in a lot of cases, the dividend yield drops. So if you buy Pepsi now, you're getting the stock at the lowest dividend yield that it's had in the last 10 years. It's still about two and three quarters percent. So it ain't shabby, but it is the lowest it's been for a long time. And by the way, They've increased that dividend 47 years in a row now. And I think they have the cash and the cash flow to keep increasing it for the foreseeable future. Again, this is about what investors have been willing to pay up for the predictable defensive names that are growing. I'm almost always willing to nibble at a core type holding, but I have to tell you, I'm a little reluctant here with Pepsi now. I think I'll just grab a Gatorade, bag of Doritos, think about it for a while. You would think that healthcare would be rallying hard. If it's true, if it's true what I'm saying, that the market wants predictable, defensive, steady type growth, but healthcare is special and 
it has its own set of unique issues at the moment, which actually makes them kind of inter- interesting. We'll talk about that sometime soon, maybe the next show or two. We are taking this show on the road. We're doing a couple of investing workshops. This time around, we're going to be in Ashburn, Virginia on the 17th, October 17th. And then we're moving on to Reston, Virginia on the 22nd. And both of them are going to be at the Cooper's Hawk Winery and Restaurant. There is one in Ashburn and one in in Reston. So I'm excited to go there. I've never been. If you're interested, we have a couple of seats uh, left. You can just drop me an email at podcast, which is plural, podcast at xmlfg.com. And we'll get you all the information. We'll get you all squared away. I've gotten a few calls and actually even more emails about this big race to the bottom in brokerage commissions. In case you missed it, Schwab, E-Trade, TD Ameritrade, they all cut their commissions to zero. There's still a couple out there that are holding that, but I think it's really only a matter of time. So now you have free trades. Yep, you can flip yourself in and out of stocks for nada. Some people would say this is what mom and the mom and pop investors have been waiting for forever. The frictional cost of investing is basically zero. But here's what the market data or here's what the data shows us about that. Most do-it-yourselfers struggle to match the market returns. That's according to Ibbotson and, and a few others. Now, there's a lot of reasons why, but mostly they revolve around overreacting to noise, trying to time the market. And letting their emotions sway their decisions. They see something that they think is important. Then fear and greed kicks in. And they make a rash decision. Then all of a sudden, they're chasing the market around. You know, behavioral type stuff. Now, if there's no transaction cost, they might be more inclined to do this. In fact, I wonder just how much free commissions are going to end up costing retail investors. Don't worry about the brokers. They're, they're probably going to end up just fine. You see, they didn't just decide to be nice to the investing public and provide a free service for you to get rich. No, they did it because it made good business sense for them. Barron's had an article on it this past weekend that I think did a good job explaining some of this, like how Schwab has diversified its business over the years. And now they have a huge bank, which gets deposits from their account holders. And they also serve as one of the largest custodians for registered investment advisors like like ourselves. And if you've been paying attention to our business, you're probably aware that the number of independent advisors, again, like ourselves, versus the wirehouse advisors, folks like Merrill Lynch, Morgan Stanley, you know, the big ones. Well, the independent advisor group has been growing tremendously over the last 10 years. Anyhow, it's a pretty good read in Barron's. If you get a chance, uh, what else do we want to talk about today? Well, let's talk about the markets in the zero commission world that we're living in now. Last week, the market, meaning the S&P 500, finished lower for the third week in a row. It's not hard to figure out why. Impeachment inquiries, trade disruptions, CEOs becoming less optimistic, you name it. The volatility that was hibernating in September, well, it woke up in October. The first four trading days of the month saw more than a 1% intraday swing. And all this got a lot of people thinking, hmm, what should I do? 
Well, I want you to keep in mind that since the 1980s, the S&P has had pullbacks of more than 10, uh, had pullbacks of more than 10% once a year on average. That's right. On average, the market has pulled back 10% in a given year. And it typically drops 5% three times a year. That's on average since the 80s. That's, that's the type of normal volatility. Well, it's been missing for a while, and I think investors have forgotten the old normal. Markets do go down regularly, as a matter of fact, as I just explained. And that's why I talk about the importance of having a plan all the time, having a financial plan in place, because it helps you understand how much risk you're comfortable taking on, and it helps you in in aligning your investments to your risk tolerance. Basically, a plan leads to your asset allocation. If you need some help putting the plan together or you just want a second opinion, well, let us know. Phone number is 301-770-5234. Once again, it's 301-770-5234. Or you can email us. Again, the email address is podcast, plural, podcast at XMLFG. Having a good sound plan in place is suggestion number one. Suggestion number two for today is don't try and time the market. That's right. Avoid the temptation if you can. At all possible costs, avoid the temptation. You might think a pullback is coming sooner or later, and you're thinking, hey, I'll pull some out now and protect myself. Yeah, the problem with that is it's, number one, it's virtually impossible to time the market. And number two, you're most likely going to be buying and selling at the wrong times on by the fact that you're paying zero in commissions now. The last thing I think you want, uh, think that you would want, would be sitting on the sidelines when the market goes up. And I say that because the big returns can happen on a relatively on relatively few trading days. And let, let me give you some uh, an example here. According to Morningstar, an investor who missed. 10 best performing days of the uh, on the S&P since 2010 would have seen their returns come in around 57% versus a 130% gain that they might have earned had they just remained in the market during those 10 days. So the solution is, if you haven't figured it out already, is own great companies for the long term and don't worry about timing the market or trading. Okay, we've run out of time. Thanks for tuning in. If you enjoyed today's episode, eh, forward it on to a friend, hit the like button at the bottom so other folks know. We'll be back next week. And until then, remember, it's just as important to protect your assets as it is to grow. This is Eric Whiteman for Common Sense Investing. Okay, you've listened to the show. Now it's time for the really good stuff. So listen up. It's the disclosures. The things I talked about during the show, well, they're just my opinion and may or may not necessarily be those of the XML Financial Group. 
don't construe this as personalized advice or a solicitation to buy or sell a security. No, no. You should consult your own financial advisor to see if it's appropriate for you. It's also not a substitute for tax or legal advice. I'd suggest you get someone who's qualified in these areas so you can get the advice you deserve. When you're talking about asset allocation, diversification, rebalancing, they don't guarantee better results and they don't eliminate the risk of losses. In investing, there are no guarantees. Just because you use these strategies doesn't mean you'll outperform someone or something who doesn't. XML Financial LLC is an independent registered investment advisor.